You're listening to The Open Podcasts. from England, Chris Wood. The Claret Jug is just such an iconic trophy. I've never t- I've never held it just because the first time I want to is when it's mine for the year. <laughs> just 21 years of age and his heart will be thumping so hard right now. Many players have started their open career in style. Ben Hogan won in his one and only appearance. Tom Watson won his first open, as did Bobby Jones. But very few players in the modern era have played so consistently well to start their open career. Even fewer have done so as an amateur. Possibly the most notable exception to this rule is Chris Wood. In 2008 and 2009, a young, fresh-faced Wood, standing at 6 foot 6 inches tall, threatened to tower above all others and claim golf's original major. Wood, who has since had great success all over the world, is a player whose open history is inspiring. He can still win the Open if he holds that. There's only one shot behind. This is Tales of the Open. This is the story of Chris Wood. Wood was born in Bristol in 1987 and was raised there throughout his childhood. In his early days, Wood aspired to play for his hometown football club, Bristol City. But golf was always in his mind, even from a young age. When I was when I was nine, um, my granddad and my dad sort of got me into it. My granddad was a captain of a golf club, and my dad was playing golf at that yeah, um, as well. Um, so it was yeah, like most kids, really playing football as well at the same time or tennis. So I joined my home club when I was ten, and, and got off and running from there. Really, um, one of the best things I still think about golf is that your parents could drop you up the golf club at eight in the morning and pick you up at eight in the evening in the summer and almost yeah you could leave you up there with five pounds to have your lunch and they know they know they know you're safe and you play 36 holes you hit loads of balls you practice on the putting green you know putts to win anything and that was sort of really the first three or four or five years of my golfing career really was like that Torn between golf and football for many of his earlier days, Wood realised what he truly wanted to do at the age of 14 when his coach gave him an ultimatum. Uh, I was about 14. Um, I had a lesson off my coach at the time and um, I was struggling with a certain thing with my grip and he said to me, quite frankly... Look, you're, yeah, we'd been doing this same thing for a month and I hadn't really made any change. And he said, look, you're either going to do this or you're not. And it was sort of like a light bulb moment. My dad was there with me at the, at the lesson and we, we, we go back to it quite often about that was the point where my whole attitude changed completely, where I dedicated absolutely everything I had to becoming a professional golfer and... um you know, striving to achieve things. And that was that was the point, really, when I was about 14. Now here he is, shaggy of hair and strong of heart for Chris Wood. I mean, I'd go up after school every single night, 
um, through the winter, I'd be hitting balls in the dark. Yeah, my mum would drop me up there at four o'clock um, and my dad would pick me up at quarter to six on the way home from work. Um, and I'd be, you know, a 14, 15 year old kid hitting balls in the dark. You know, you could see there was no floodlights on the range that I was using, um, just lights sort of within the, the range itself. So you could probably see 50 yards of ball flight. But I was just on such a commitment with my coach to you know, get my technique to a point that was good enough to play professional golf. That It was just hit balls, hit balls, hit balls. Um, and then obviously the other side of it is where you see your school friends that are starting to go out at that age, 15, 16. And, you know, girls come along at that age and, you know, house parties and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, you sacrifice all of that, really. Um because yeah, you know, you're driven to achieve something, and yeah, you, yeah, you sort of look back now and think, "Cool, that is, takes some doing, really." Like if my son never did that, I, yeah, you'd think, "Blimey, that's that's a good effort, really." Um, but it's what I wanted to do. There was no other. I didn't want to go out drinking or socialising that much, really. I had I had a good group of friends through the football days and who I still keep in touch with now. Um, and, you know, I didn't really feel that was what I wanted to do. You know, there would be there would be a junior medal on a Sunday, say. And there was... All my friends were at a house literally 100 yards from mine. And they were all sort of drinking and, yeah, that sort of thing. And I remember, clear as anything, I had, um, <laughs> I had some uh, 10 kilogram weights in my room... And I was doing, yeah, I'd be doing like exercises in my room and then I'd lay my clothes out <laughs> for the next day for the Gina medal where they're down the road drinking cider and chatting to girls. <laughs> I just think, oh no, it's tragic. <laughs> I think it, it would just, it's all I wanted to do and I was just going to do anything I, I could really. And it felt right. It just, it just felt the thing that I wanted to do. Um, I can't really explain it any more than that. Well, that's excellent for Chris Wood. Young amateur from Bristol. Wood was making rapid progress, and the tall Englishman began to compete in some of the most prestigious amateur events around. Playing for England, Wood attempted to qualify for the Open at the age of 19 in 2007, but fell agonisingly short by two shots. The next year, however... Wood re-entered Open qualifying for the 137th Open at Royal Birkdale. Playing at Hillside, Wood felt very good about his chances. Even the omens were positive. The Open, for me, is just the one. It's, there's just there's nothing that comes close to an Open Championship, and I was desperate to play in it. And I remember the qualifying year at Hillside. I'd been in Italy, actually, with England for uh, the European Team Championships, and... Um, flew in my dad picked me up from liverpool airport he said he'd walk the course at hillside which yeah i wasn't wasn't too sure if he had or not anyway went and played went and played 18 holes with a with a friend of mine who'd also got through to final qualifying and um remember um i think it was that famous federer nadal final at wimbledon on the night before federer's magnificent run ends nadal is the top man me and my dad were just watching that and um, 
went out for dinner in Southport. Phil Mickelson was in one of the restaurants because he was at Birkdale practicing for a couple of days. And you just felt, right, this is, this feels like it's something. And Hillside being obviously a, a sand dune away from Birkdale, you could see everything going up. There was so much inspiration flying around that I think I just, I, w- I was just going to qualify. Um, and yeah, managed, managed to do it. Um, and then the drive home, I was hardly off my phone just texting and speaking to people and the first sort of part of the dream really is because it's tough it's so hard to qualify for you know for the open and as it should be um and it's so it's a huge achievement really just just to qualify so it was at that stage it was just a, a dream come true Although Wood had been playing amateur golf for England and had won the Welsh Amateur earlier that year in difficult conditions, he had experienced nothing like an Open Championship. Wood was committed, however, to succeed at Royal Birkdale. Yeah, I, I was really conscious to not go overboard. I, I'd, um, I'd seen a couple of other lads who'd been in the England squads qualify and they yeah, you, they'd been there from this, the, maybe the Friday or Saturday before, which look, I, I, I can't blame anyone for that. It's just to soak, soak it up and, and take it all in and um, feel like you're sort of, you're adjusted to the surroundings and everything. But I was really, really conscious of not doing that and trying to stick to what I normally do at a tournament. So we just, we just drove up on the Monday um, and had a walk of the course and then a little bit of practice in the evening and then played, I think I played 18 and 18 on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I just tried to keep it as normal as I, as I could really, the preparation side of things. Wood stayed with his coach that week, who helped instill in him confidence that he could do more than he previously thought. Confidence in the form of a golf magazine. And we're staying in this rotten B&B in Southport somewhere, um, sharing a room with my coach, which was great because he had um, one of the golf magazines, at open edition, and we were going through every single hole. You know, they do like a course plan and all that stuff. And every night we were just sort of tweaking a bit of a game plan and where we wanted to hit it and what we'd seen today. And um, he installed... Um, belief in me all week that I could do really well and I was once I'd got in my goal was to win the silver medal and um, you know there's maybe up to half a dozen amateurs aren't there in in the field usually in an open and I knew a couple of them Um, and that that was my goal but he he was pushing me even more and more every night and um, those sort of things go a long way in in a week like that and talking about it is pretty cool because there's so many good things so many good memories of even before the tournament started really Welcome to the 137th Open Golf Championship from Royal Birkdale in the northwest of England on what I would like to say is a beautiful sunny day, but sadly it's not. It's cold, wet and windy and predicted to stay like it for the next two or three days.
While Wood seemed calm in his preparation, he couldn't contend with the nerves on the first tee when Thursday arrived. At just 20 years of age, Wood was about to hit one of the biggest shots of his life. I've still to this day, this the most nervous I've ever been over a golf shot. I mean, my dad caddied for me in the tournament and um, what's hilarious is everyone would hit, was hitting irons off the tee. Yeah, it's a tough tee shot, the first hit Birkdale. And um, I hit driver. Seen too many of this club hit off this first tee. Very difficult driving hole, wind hard out of the player's left. There's a bunker down at a mound. Bunkers at 220 yards from the tee, about 225 to carry, but there's a big hill covered in long grass. Very narrow strip of fairway to the right of that, and to the right of the fairway is just rubbish and an out-of-bounds fence. So, quite brave. Looking back now, I'm thinking, what on earth was I doing? But I just striped it straight down the middle. Great drive, really good start. And then you settle, don't you? And um, yeah, that was that was me underway. Once the first round is underway, or once you're on the golf course, I think. Because I think I had a late tea time. I might have been about three o'clock. Um, so we were watching the golf in the morning, and it was, if I remember, it was horrendous that morning, the first day, and it sort of cleared up in the afternoon. And I probably had the better half of the draw. Um, but once you're, once you're into about third or fourth hole, you start to settle and you play your own game. Um, and it's just so enjoyable. So it's Chris Wood from the Long Ashton Club in Bristol, leading amateur at the moment, six foot five. Not much of him, but he's a good win player. After conquering his nerves to shoot 75 in the first round, Wood followed it up with a round of golf he'll never forget, including a special shot on the 18th hole. The amateur 18, reminiscent Justin Rose, this one. Oh no, please don't tell me. No, no, no! It's Justin Rose all over again. What a shot for him. Young man from Bristol, plus five. Oh, and he will be delighted about that. 75-70, fantastic. Who said Wood would be? Woods wouldn't be here. Great stuff for him. He'll remember that as long as he lives. An incredible chip in, mirroring Justin Rose's famous shot on the 18th ten years previously, Wood signed for a second round 70, made the cut, and was one of two amateurs contending for the silver medal. A solid round of 73 would follow. And suddenly Wood found himself in the top 10 on the leaderboard, heading into Sunday at 8 over par, six shots behind the leader, Greg Norman. The silver medal was always Wood's goal, but with his coach in his ear, Wood continued to rise up the leaderboard. Yeah, my coach was, was looking up and, and telling me to try and believe that I could go, go close and, and, you know, who knows and eat you out. Know, to have someone like that in your ear, but in the other side, you're able to control it, is just the perfect balance. Wood was paired in the final round with Ian Poulter, in the fifth last group in the Open Championship. A thrilling and nerve-wracking prospect for any young amateur, but Wood got off to a very solid start. 
Four, four start, par, par, excellent. Must still be feeling a bit nervy, must be a little edgy. If Wood had nerves, he certainly wasn't showing them. After playing his first six holes in one over par for the day, Wood found the par three seventh and had a chance for a birdie. What a two. Great two. Back to eight over. <laughs> eight over and the tie for sixth. Just two holes later, Wood and Poulter approached the par four ninth hole with putts for birdie. That ninth hole was pretty cool because uh, I think Poults hit it into about 10 feet, a really good shot, and then I hit it into about 4 feet, and he obviously put, putted first, hold it. IT finds the cup. Plus 9. And I was sort of halfway walking into my ball. And he just, after he got his ball out of his hole, he just said to me, knock it in, mate. Wood for birdie on nine. It's to take him out in 33, one under par. Well done. Seven over. Look at that. And I just thought, that's class. That's just, he doesn't have to say that. He was, he was just rooting for me and we were getting along great. And I think he probably benefited from me the way I was playing as well. We were both pushing each other to a point. Yeah, because I've had it several times when you're both making birdies, game feels easy. And, you know, in the last round of a major, in conditions such as an open, yeah, that's pretty rare. Um, So I'm sure he must have felt comfortable um, playing together. So that was a pretty special moment there. All of a sudden, Wood was no longer just in pole position for the silver medal, but now in the mix for the title. At plus seven for the championship, Wood sat just two shots off Padraig Harrington's lead, with the final grouping of Norman and Harrington both moving backwards. At just 20 years of age, Wood was bidding to become the youngest Open champion since young Tom Morris nearly 140 years ago. After Wood's approach into the par 4 10th hole, things were looking even better. Chris Wood, 10th fairway, it's found another fairway. It's a lovely setup, good swing. Tall lad, he said himself after the second round, he likes to play in the wind. Look at this shot here. This is another Bobby Jones, an amateur winning the Open. Brilliant. Wood scared the hole, but just failed to capitalise for a birdie, which would have moved the Englishman into one of the strongest positions in the championship with just eight holes to go. Christopher Wood. Three straight bogeys would follow for Wood, however. And now Tom Sherrard's total of plus 14 was the mark for Wood to beat to win the silver medal. Wood managed to steady the ship with a string of pars and a birdie on 17, then moved Wood to plus nine for the championship. Wood for his birdie on 17. Yes, well done. One to go, three down the last, and who knows? 
That birdie would ensure the Englishman could enjoy his walk-up 18 as the top amateur of the championship. With the silver medal secure and realising he could no longer win the championship, Wood and his father watched on as their playing partner, Poulter, looked to be in pole position for his first Open. At, the t- at that time, we, I'd sort of realised he, he could win this. He could win this here. And then he, I can't remember how he played 18, but he ended up with about a 20-foot putt for par. And it was at that point that could have been the putt to win the Open. And I remember my dad shaking hands with him and he just said, balls are still, mate, balls are still. (laughs) While most pros watching on believed Poulter had done enough, Harrington's sheer brilliance over the closing hour of play put paid to the postman's chances. Big climax, finished 3-4. Harrington the champion. Wood cherished the experience of being in the mix at the Open, however, and it was an incredible week for the Bristolian. He claimed the silver medal with a top-five finish, the best finish of an amateur this millennium at the Open, and the highest since Justin Rose finished fourth at the same course a decade earlier. The leading amateur and winner of the silver medal from Long Ashton is Chris Wood. Having his father on the bag made his experience even more special. The whole week, yeah, was something we sort of look back on. Yeah, it's an amazing week to look back on with your dad. Um, to, yeah, he was there because I sort of I see it really as that sort of got me going really in my career. Um, and yeah, throughout the week, two or three sort of different things happened that. The memories of them, yeah, you'll have forever. And like your dad's with you, it's pretty amazing. And uh, he's like a three handicap. So, yeah, he sort of knows what he's doing. And it was just, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a pretty amazing week. After the Open in 2008, winning the silver medal and contending for golf's original major as a 20-year-old, Wood turned professional. Quickly, he gained his European tour card for the following season after going through Q School. Now riding on the crest of a wave, the young man from Bristol had desires of keeping his playing privileges. Whilst that retained its position as his number one goal, an excellent start to the season ensured that the pressure was off. And after qualifying off the back of his astonishing finish as an amateur the year prior, Wood was excited about his return to the 138th Open at Turnbury. That's not everyone's number one goal when they first get on tour is to secure your card. And I, I had a pretty good, pretty good first half of the year. I think I might have even done it, but I was close. So obviously that's a focus because you're in sort of tournament mode. Yeah, you've played 15 events by the time you get to the Open. Um, it was the first week uh, with a new caddy 
at Turnbury. Um, Dave McNeely, who's a legendary caddy, he's caddied for the greats, he's caddied for Nick Price, he's caddied for Faldo, uh, he caddied for a long time for Harrington. Experienced man on the bag there, Mark. Dave McNeely, yeah. Of course it is. Yes, he's been around the block a few times. That was the first week on the bag with him, and he'd been up the previous week was the Scottish Open at Loch Lomond, and being my first year on tour, I didn't get in that tournament. And Lee Westwood had Billy Foster on the bag at the time, who was doing a charity walk from Loch Lomond to Turnbury with a golf bag on his back. So he couldn't caddy at the Scottish Open. So basically Lee asked me if Dave would would be able to work for him at the Scottish Open. So I was like, well, yeah, I'm not playing, yeah, carry on. So on the Monday or Tuesday of the Scottish Open, Dave spent the, the day or two at Turnbury and um, he made his own yardage book and it was just in, you know, like a cheap sort of notebook you buy in a stationery shop. It was just like that. It was like just things you'd scribble a note in and he made his book out of that. And I remember we spoke a couple of times that week on the phone um, about what he thought was required. So it gave me a few days at home to to work on a couple of different shots, maybe or just get in your mind what you're going to face up there and, uh, you know, to think sort of I nearly won the Open with a, with a notebook as a yardage book is pretty weird. Good morning and welcome to an extraordinary morning on the Ayrshire Coast, the start of the 138th Open Championship, the fourth time it's been held here at Turnbury. After rounds of 70, 70 and 72, Wood stood at plus two heading into the final round six shots behind overnight leader Tom Watson. The sense of deja vu could not be ignored. A year earlier, Wood sat six shots behind an open legend looking to become the oldest ever major winner in history. The situation was the same again, and Wood's playing partner was Justin Rose, the man whose record he nearly eclipsed at Royal Birkdale the year before. This time, however, now a professional, There was no silver medal for Wood to chase. This time Wood had bigger goals. I thought the golf course was fantastic um, and I was really enjoying it, obviously. And then I've been playing pretty good. You know, when you're playing pretty solid, there's always a chance of a score in there and you get a little bit of early momentum and hold the right putt. You, you You can start sort of making some birdies. On a day from England, Chris Wood. The thrill he had took us all along for a, a thrilling ride last year. After a steady start of six straight pars, Wood reached the seventh green with an eagle putt. All of a sudden, the Englishman's dreams seemed like they could become a reality. Chris Wood powered the first six. He has this for eagle. Great second shot in. Finished fifth last year, knows what to do. This oh, must be very quick. Go on, go on, go on. Yes! Eagle for Wood. Not Woods, Wood. Chris Wood back to level par. And right there. My word, what an exciting passage of play. And I remember Eagle in the seventh hit a great two iron to about eight or ten feet. And then I hit probably one of the best drives of my life on the eighth, which was a 
left, this long par four, uh, left to right sloping fairway, and the wind was straight off the left. And I mean, to hit the fairway was almost impossible. Um, you know, it could just go a little bit on the wind. It's going to kick right on the fairway. You're in the rough or the hay. And I just hit a hard knuckleball, really. No, no shape to it down the left half of the fairway and I think I hit a six iron into the green. Now this is a great shot, you hit a fantastic shot into seven, made eagle. I'd say this was an even better shot, eight, very difficult hole, stay up, oh he's got it, he's got it, Chris Wood goes to one under par, three behind, three under today after eight, his fifth last year, he knows what this feels like. And I just played two tough holes in three under par and just some real quality shots. Um, which obviously then got me got me right up there. Uh, I think I birdied 10 as well. Chris Wood at the 10th for a birdie. Swinger left to right. Down starts to turn. Is it too high? No, it's not. Two under. <laughs> the lanky lad strikes again. He has the advantage of being six or seven holes up the fairway. He's got those tucked away. Great birdie chances followed for Wood on 11 and 12, but two pars kept him at four under for his round and two under for the championship. Stick it to three under. Goodness me. That's a nice par though, isn't it? I mean, at this stage now, if he does nothing worse than par, he'll be very happy at the end of the round. Stand nice and still, please. One more. Thank you. Look at that. Three, 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 four, three, three. No fives yet on the card. Doesn't add up to much. A quick glance at the leaderboard would represent an astonishing sight. Yeah, there it is. Incredible. Chris Wood from England and Tom Watson, two under, tied for the lead. A man bidding to become the youngest winner of the Open since 1893. Tied with a man bidding to become the oldest. We've been talking all week about uh, the value of experience. Well, this boy's 21 and he was fifth last year. He's looking like he could go four better. Maybe we're overrating experience. I remember he did the same thing last year at Brookdale in the final round. I believe it was the 10th hole, 11th hole, where ran into a little mistake, but uh, it was a pretty impressive back-to-back open. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely amazing. And sitting with some of the American players, and they said from afar, Davis Love actually just said this. He just finished a round of 69. Said he almost looks like at times you catch a little glimpse of Chris Wood. He looks like Tom Watson from back in 1977 at Turnberry. Shaggy haired and all. Did you expect anything like this, Ken? From Well, you can never tell at the Open as we've seen. I mean, who would have thought Ross Fisher going one way, Chris Wood's going the other? It's the sort of beauty of Lynx golf. One bad shot, suddenly you've got an eight, one good one, and you're heading in the right direction. Bogies, however, on holes 13 and 14, put Wood back to even par for the championship. Starting to go the wrong way for Chris Wood, just for par. Can he save one? Oh, what a good putt. But the final day of the 138th Open was not a day for predictions. As five different players held a share of the lead during the front nine, Wood, six holes ahead of the final two groups, 
was not to be deterred. And this man is still far from out of it despite back-to-back -back bogeys. Par 3, 15th, Chris Wood. Right away on the 15th, he bounced back. Nice pin to get out of this one. It all gathers at the back of the green. Oh, look at this shot here. What a shot. Just stop on the back edge. Magnificent shot. Chris Wood. Trying to post the number. Level par four behind at the moment. Now here he is. Shaggy of hair and strong of heart. A birdie putt at the 15th for Chris Wood. Back to back bogeys at 13 and 14. What a tee shot this was. It's going to be a bit like Prince Harry. Could be a prince in a few holes. This for birdie. Not far away, it's not far away. Fantastic birdie there. And then we get him up to one under par. Right there. Oh, he must be excited. The fact that he was in there last year stands him in good stead. He'll know the feelings. A par on the 16th and a well-played 17th hole left Wood with 15 feet for birdie to get back to two under for the championship. A lot of good shots, and then... Chris Wood for birdie. Just to get within one of the lead. Off the right-hand side, uh, slow. Birdied 17. Stay up, stay up. Oh, yes! Chris Wood goes two under. Oh, that's fantastic. One shot behind, one hole to play. He's shown nerves of steel. 21 years of age, fifth last year, and his heart will be thumping so hard right now. And got to the 18th, not really knowing the situation, but yeah, you know, you know you're close. You don't, you don't have to look at a leaderboard. You know you're there or thereabouts, and that's sort of good enough for me up until the point I get to sort of the 18th fairway because I'm trying my hardest regardless of the situation and unless a caddy is in your ear saying look let's just play five yards right of that pin or whatever it is you trust them they're the ones for me that's how I work best if they if they know everything that's going on if someone told me that there's there's no way I couldn't start thinking about oh well what if I win what if what am I got to say what yeah naturally you would I, I think yeah, the feeling of holding that claret jug. What what's it gonna be like? Yeah, all those things start going into into your head. I for me, and then you you've made a five or you've made whatever it is, and before you know it, you're fourth and you can't win. And you're like, Oh well, well done, Chris. There's what are you doing there? Um so trying to stay focused on that side of things is really important for me. A power on eighteen and wood would set a marker that would be extremely tough to beat. A par on 18, and that could be enough for the 21-year-old to win the claret jug. And I hit two iron um, down the right half, and it just I think it just ran into the first cut, and I had about 210, I think, um, to the pin. And we thought oh, it might be a bit of a jumping lie, so I hit nine iron. Straight over the back. Well, Chris Wood kept it safe off the tee. Giving him a shot in, and yeah, beautiful shot out of that right hand rough, but just rolling over the back. Well, it's a maker, it's a holeable chip back into the wind. I mean, I flagged it as well, and it was such a good shot. And me and Dave have spoken about it, you know, over the years, and we're like, well, 
210 yards. You're never thinking wedge, are you? It's like, um, so that shot will live with me forever as, yeah, just the, the, just the wrong bit of luck, I suppose, at, at the wrong time. You know, if it doesn't jump as much, it's on the green 20 feet away or whatever it may be. What a wonderful performance by this lad. 21 years old, fifth last year, aiming to do better this year. But, well, he's known he was right in there for a while in this round. Hasn't faltered. A couple of bogeys on 13 and 14, but then birdies on 15 and 17. He's rock solid, really. That must have looked great to a mark in the air. That shot was just right at the flag, wasn't it? Not hard. It was a wonderful strike. It's a wonderful feeling this, walking up the 18th, and when you had a great open crowds either side. Yeah, if it's meant to be. Uh, there's the, the only thing I feel good about is really that I wouldn't have that shot back. I wouldn't want to play it again. There's nothing more I could have done. Um, I, I hit a great shot. It was two yards left of the pin or right of the pin or whatever it may be. It was down the down the line. Um, it just come out like a missile um, out of the semi-rough. And yeah, there's really not much control you can do about that, on a, on a, especially on a Lynx golf course. And then it ended up in sort of foot-long rough, I think. Just needed another ounce. Collect his thoughts. He can still win the Open if he holds that. There's only one shot behind. And I didn't get up and down. Chris Wood. Can he read it? face it's clubhouse leader minus one and missed the playoff by shot so yeah that was that was probably the hardest sort of thing to take I've had to take in my career really agonizingly Wood took five he would again tie the lead at one under par late on in the championship as players fell back but eventually Watson and Stuart Sink both reached two under par with the latter taking home the claret jug. A tie for third in Wood's first Open as a professional remains his best finish to date, but the Englishman's career continued to progress, despite ongoing back troubles for the tall man. In 2013, Wood picked up his first win on the European Tour, eagling the 72nd hole to beat Sergio Garcia by one in Qatar and quickly followed it up with another win in 2015 in Austria. In 2016, Wood's career reached another level. 
the Englishman won the BMW PGA Championship, the biggest non-major event on the European Tour, and was all but qualified for the European Ryder Cup team with over two months to go. His consistent injury problems, however, reared their ugly head again, just as Wood was entering the 145th Open at Royal Troon in some of the best form of his career. Uh, I've had ongoing back trouble, which I sort of feel like I'm not over. Like I live with it every day, but I manage it. Um, but in 2016 at Troon, um, the week before, my neck went um, and I couldn't move my head. Uh, I was at the Scottish Open, pulled out of that uh, on the Thursday morning, flew home to try and get some treatment um, and then flew back up Sunday to Troon. It was just, I mean, I was having too much treatment really, probably two to three hours a day um, treatment on my neck just just to try and tee it up. And playing with Marco Mira, who's obviously a past champion, I was I've got to give this a go. And I've been there where there's a first reserve and I was in position at St Andrews the year before I was first reserve on site. And I'd heard Nick Faldo had speared his arm with a antler picture frame in his hotel room or something. Brand Snedeker was having injections into his wrist or something like that. So I'm thinking, well, there's two. Yeah, I've got, I'm in it. Who's second reserve? Um, and I didn't get in and it was the most draining day because you, you're there at five o'clock warming up for the six o'clock tea time or, and you're there till four o'clock. So I know how it feels to be in that position. Um, but there's no way I can give up a chance of playing in the open. I'm, you know, I, I had to play. I was trying, I warmed up on the range. I was hitting driver about 60%. But the tablets hadn't kicked in, I was told. Um, and the first couple of holes at Troon were irons off tees. So it was, okay, that'll give you another half an hour to, for them to sort of settle. Let's just, let's try. I think I was one under through two. And then you sort of turn back after about four or five holes back into the wind. And I, I could hardly reach the fairway. I just couldn't turn. I couldn't turn back I couldn't turn through I had no power it was just all blocked on the right side of my neck and I think it was about the 10th hole I just said look I can't carry on and I had to pull out and at that point I was in the Ryder Cup team and so that was in my mind as well um, I'd had a conversation with Darren Clark on the Chipping Green the day before one of his stats that he had at the time he said look don't worry according to this you're 99% in the team so I was basically done I was in the team I was going to be playing, but until my name was in paper, you know, when the team's announced, I wouldn't believe that. I had to make sure and keep pushing and keep playing. And um, so it was really, it was a really tough decision to to pull out, but I couldn't, I couldn't hit it. It was, yeah, it wasn't fair on who you're playing with, but the lad who, I don't know who it was, but the lad who was first reserve would obviously be cursing at me, but I've been in that position and I, You've got, to be, you've got to have a bit of selfishness to you at times. Since 2016, injury problems have continued to blight Chris Wood's progress. But two top 30 finishes still in the last three years at the Open showed that a healthy Wood, who is so strong in true conditions and just 32 years of age, 
is far from finished with golf's original major. Yeah, every year I, you know, I, I don't, I never want to miss the chance to win an Open. It's, you know, if if I finish my career tomorrow with one trophy, that would be it. It's this, um, so, yeah, it's it's the number one sort of priority on my golf calendar, I suppose. Yeah, being British, and you know, it's it just sort of means the most out of any other golf tournament to to me. Um, and I just think the Claret Jug is just such an iconic trophy, and I've never t- I've never held it just because the first time I want to is when it's mine for the year. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, it really does mean a lot to me, and I feel like I've. I feel like I've got got the, the game to, to to come close, and if if it happens, it happens. And um, but certainly, a lot of what I do is driven towards yeah, towards hopefully one day becoming Open champion. This has been an original audio production from the Open.